Blog Talk Radio. Hello, and welcome to Creating a Championship Standard of Living. I'm your host, Miles W. Miller. Today is February 21st, 2009, and today is a, a dynamic day. I want to share some great principles with you. I, I'm just excited for this opportunity to be here today. I'm excited for the opportunity to, to be able to be able to speak to you, whether you listen to this as a podcast or whether you listen to this live. I just thank you for this opportunity. First and foremost, before I go any further, I thank God for this moment, and I thank God for, for what he's getting ready to do here today for us. And I thank him for showing up, and I, I turn this, this show over to the Holy Spirit now. We're going to move forward in power and might, and we're going to help somebody reach a piece of their destiny that they may not have gotten in contact with had they not heard this show. Today, I wanted to share a few things with you. Um, I I coach people, as you know. I'm a I'm a life coach. I'm a, a motivational. I'm not so much a motivational speaker. I'm a motivator. On a just across the board, I do things motivationally. I'm an encourager, and I, I like to see people succeed. I like it is my life's passion to to see people succeed. And one thing that I, I see people struggle with sometimes is, is actually reaching their destiny, is actually getting to their goals. And so in my research, I look for things to, to give people, to stack the cards in, in the 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 way of the dreamer and, and to stack the cards for the dreamer, the, the visionary, the person who has this idea and this vision doesn't really know how to get it, doesn't really know how to make it, doesn't really know how to get from the vision to manifestation. Well, today I believe we're going to show you some dynamic principles to get you there. Um, Before we go further, I want to first start off with our weekly uh, presidential wisdom from President Barack Obama. And these are quotes that I've searched, researched online and found. And I I like sharing them with you because it actually helps me to um, set the topic for the week. So today's, today's presidential wisdom from President Barack Obama, and I quote, We have real enemies in the world. These enemies must be found. They must be pursued, and they must be defeated. And I'll repeat that again. We have real enemies in the world. These enemies must be found. They must be pursued, and they must be defeated. This is great, a great rally cry from our president, and I look at it from this perspective. Some of the enemies that we face aren't necessarily flesh and, and blood enemies. Some some enemies are things that are right inside of each and every one of us. For instance, I wrote a book called The Power of Conquering Fear, which you can find at uh, lulu.com forward slash mwmiller18, and it's a book that I wrote for the dreamer and a visionary who who doesn't really understand how to how do I get from seeing this vision and having these dreams and and having these big goals of success and sometimes being battled with fear and battled with with indecisiveness and things like that and I wrote that book for that particular person well that's a real enemy fear is a real enemy indecisiveness is a real enemy War- Concentrating more so on what people are saying is a real enemy. Concentrating on things that don't bring you success, those are real enemies. 
And what I want people to do when they listen to the show is I want you to understand that you, you are facing a real enemy. Whether you call it the devil, you call it Satan, whatever it is you call it. You're facing a real enemy. And, and there are some principles that I want to give you today that are going to help you defeat the enemy and get to the place where you're supposed to be, your promised land. I'm going to show you how to get to your promised land today. If you, if you just listen to me, take some good notes because this is this is dynamic stuff, like I said. So, again, I'm going to repeat this quote one more time because I really want to sink this into your, your mind from President Barack Obama. We have, a, we have real enemies in the world. These enemies must be found, they must be pursued, and they must be defeated. Well, in understanding that, there's a scripture that I, I read earlier in the week, and I had actually posted this on my Facebook page. And some people didn't understand what I was talking about, but some people went right to it and understood it. And I had put on my page, let's go up at once and possess it now. And what I was referring to was uh, Numbers 13 and 30, where uh, there were, and most of you know, probably know the story, but there were 12 spies that were sent out from uh, by Moses to, to scout out the promised land, the land that God had promised the, promised the children of Israel. And there was the the land was just filled with milk and honey. There were the grapes were, were astronomical size. I mean things were just beautiful on that on the promised land. And when it was to come when it came time for the, the spies to come back and give their reports, ten of those spies gave negative reports on what they saw because they there were giants in the land, they were you know, grapes were, were humongous sizes, they they felt like ants in the sight of these people. Where whereas there were two people who had the courage to say Yes, these things are true. With the, you know, with the other ten spies are saying, but this is the land that God promised us. And in verse thirty, it says, Caleb tried to quiet the people as they stood before Moses, and he said, "Let's go up at once and possess the land, for we are certainly able to conquer it." And I'm here today to tell you that whatever your promised land is, whatever it is you know that you've been called to do, that vision that you have. A friend of mine sent me an email earlier today saying that she had some, um, some things she wanted to do, she wanted to accomplish. And I told her, hey, just do it. Just go get it. Don't worry about, you know, thinking it out. Go get it. And that's that's where I'm coming from today. Don't worry about what it looks like. Yes, there's your promised land is a beautiful place, and you and you have to get there. It's been God gave it to you. That vision of, of of success, that vision of being great, that vision of being an entrepreneur, that vision of being a a doctor, a lawyer, a basketball player, a football player, whatever it is, that was given to you from God, and that's your promised land. And surely you can go up at once and possess it now because you are more than able to conquer whatever is in that whatever stands in your way. So I'm going to give you a few principles now. And I know when you apply these principles to your situation, you're going to be in a dynamic place where you can actually go and pursue the things that God has given you. You're a dreamer, you're a visionary, and these things are very necessary for you to accomplish your goals. So here we go. The first step to going and possessing your promise. And this is a, a step you may hear a lot in church. 
I know uh, my pastor talks about it a lot, and it's um, it's something that people may not understand. It's, it's much simpler than it looks, or any, much simpler than it sounds. And step one is to repent. First and foremost, you have to you have to ask God to forgive you for things that you may have done, may have thought, may have been a part of that were unlike Him, so that you can be in right standing with him so you can can move forward with freedom and not feel guilt or condemnation for anything that you've done because there's no guilt there's no guilt and condemnation to them which are in Christ so you're moving forward in spite of anything that may have come against you anything that you've done anything that you you've been a part of and that also allows you to in being forgiven it also allows you to move freely and also that means that if you're if you can be forgiven if God can forgive you, then forgive people who who may have come against your vision, may have come against, you know, the things that you are are working hard towards, the things that you know that you've been called to do. That repentance is a major piece of that puzzle. A a, a great verse for that is First uh, John one and nine, where it says that if if I can confess my sins, then He's faithful and just to forgive me of all sin and, and cleanse me of, cleanse me of all unrighteousness. And it's, it's so simple. It's as simple as a confession. It's as simple as saying, I made some mistakes. Father, forgive me. And it puts you back in right standing so you can you can go forward. Because, like I said, that promised land is, is, is you see it and you, you see the, the, the grandeur. You see how great it is. You see you, you, it, the energy coming from it. When you look at it in your mind, it's so dynamic. If you only you can apply it to your own life and apply it to right now. So you, you, what you want to do is use that vision and, and place that place yourself in the vision. But how you? But the first step to get in there is to forgive yourself of the things you may have done that may have even hindered or prolonged you getting there. So after you've repented, the next step is to change your mind. What I always tell people is that the mindset that created the problem is not qualified to create the solution. I'm going to repeat that. The mindset that created the problem is not qualified to create the solution. So you have to actually change your mind to the solution. You have to change your mind to a solution-based, a solution uh, way of thinking. Uh, you have to think solutions. You have to, whatever you think upon, you're going to attract. If you think problems, guess what? You're going to see problems. If you think solutions, well, guess what? Solutions tend to come more rapidly to you. A dreamer and a visionary, your mind has to be renewed to to being sold out to the vision, sold out to that, that, that promise. That promise is important because guess what? Not only is it important to you, but it's important, more important to the universe because we were all put here to be a solution to some problem. And since we were put here to be a solution to some problem, you're, you possessing that territory, you possessing that dream, you possessing that vision – is important to a, to the greater good to everyone. The third step in possessing your promise, I also say, to pray and meditate often, daily. Pray and meditate often, every day. You don't understand how important or how dynamic it is or how phenomenal it is or how awesome it is to pray. And prayer does change things, people. I don't care what anybody tells you. It's a simple act of just saying, thank you, Father, for, for being here with me now. It's a simple, it's just communing, communing with God and talking to God and letting God talk back to you. And it, it gives you, it puts you in a place where 
you can you can remove yourself from the day to day. You can remove yourself from the situations because situations and trials and tribulations are going to come. But you have to be willing to deal with them and also understand that you're not dealing with them alone. God wants to help you. God wants to 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 motivate you and 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 empower you to move through these things because He gets the glory out of those things and people need to see that He's good and that He's good through you. Meditation is is just being quiet and getting away from things. I know some people, I can speak for myself being a, a, a life coach, a lot of people know that they can call me and, and some, somehow, some way, God will show up and give me wisdom. And those those things make me more, um, how can I say it, they make people want to call me more because they know that I, I, I operate in wisdom. Well, the only thing about that is that getting a lot of phone calls every day, sometimes I don't have time for myself. And I have to I have to get alone. You know, meditation is just being getting alone, getting quiet, and just focusing on the goodness of God, focusing on, you know, you can take one of these quotes I, I'll give you. You can take one of the, the, the thoughts that I give you, the ideas I give you on the show, and just meditate on it and just think about it, just focus your attention on that. And, and you'll see a shift. You'll see yourself getting closer and closer to reaching your goals and closer and closer to reaching your dreams. And after you do that, the next step, step four, ask God to order your steps. Ask God to order your steps. Nothing that you do on this universe is too big that you can't include God. You have to have God's help. You have to have favor. You have to have you have to have his anointing on you to, to be able to move and do things powerfully. So you have to have him, him order your steps. You have to have him involved in, in your plans. You, 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 you need to make it a habit of asking God, is this, am I going in the direction you want me to go in? And if not, show me the, show me the correct way. Lead, my, lead and guide me, Lord. And what you'll start noticing is that you'll, you know, again, that vision that you have, you'll start walking right towards it. You'll start walking towards it with such ferocious power that it'll surprise even you. The fifth step, be bold and courageous. And when I say be bold and courageous, it does not mean to be fearless. That means to move on in spite of the fear, to let the fear excite you and move you forward because fear is a natural human response, and we have, we're not going to get around it. You're going to be fearful of something, but the thing about it is the difference between the coward and the hero is that the coward gets the fear and gets paralyzed, whereas the hero acts just one second before the fear paralyzes them. There's not much difference between a hero and a coward. Only thing that, that that you see is the results, and I'm I'm commi- I'm telling you today, and I'm asking you today to take a look at yourself and take a look at where you're going. Take, like I said, keep your eyes focused on that vision, and be bold and courageous. Whatever it's going to take to get there, be willing to do it and be willing to to take a risk to get it. But that's going to take boldness from you. That's going to take courageous. And what happens also is that being bold and being courageous unleashes things in the universe you un- it's un- you unleash the spiritual aspect of the universe where things can just things start working for you when you move towards the, your goals step six is once you have communed with god and you, you you're, you're you're getting ideas you're seeing visions you're seeing the plans come to come together when you get a plan when you get that plan execute it with bulldog tenacity don't look back 
Don't look to the left. Don't look to the right. When you see, when you get that plan, when you get those steps, you execute them. You execute them immediately. Don't 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 sugarcoat it. Don't dance around it. Go straight at it. Don't the, the, the shortest distance between two lines is a straight point. Excuse me. The two, shortest distance between two points is a straight line. Go straight to it. Because what you'll notice is that in executing, you, you overcome your fears. and in, in executing, you overcome anything that, that could come against you. you in executing, you, you get yourself, you get confidence. See, the more you do it, the more confidence you get. Once you, your confidence starts building up, then there's not much that can stop you <laughs> besides yourself. And at that point, you have to, step seven is to stay focused on the vision. Stay focused on the idea. Stay focused on, on your dream. And I say that I say that a lot. You've probably heard me say it a lot now. Stay focused. Stay focused. Stay focused. Stay focused. You have to stay focused on the goal. You have to stay focused on the dream. You have to stay focused on on the vision because without it, without focus, you're not going to be able to do much. Because you know your energy will get zapped in, in multiple different directions unless you focus it. The sun, the sun's rays can are 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 beautiful and and they can warm you. They can warm us up. You know, on a, a sunny day, but if you focus them to a point, you can actually burn a hole through something. It's the difference between focus and and random attention. The eighth step: eliminate anything that would come to discourage you or destroy you. Anything that would take your attention away from your dream, that would try to take your attention away from the goal, cancel it. You don't need it. Any, whether it be a person, whether it be a place, whether it be a thing, or any other noun that you can think of that would come against what you've been, what you see, because let me tell you something: you 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 have to see it in your imagination first before you can, it can ever possibly manifest in the the natural, in the physical realm. So that that imagination, those those things you you can imagine, are great great tools. You have to have it as a dreamer, as a visionary. You have to ha- you have to have Use that resource. And anything that will come against it, anything that comes against your dreams and your goals, you have to eliminate it immediately. You don't you don't play around with it. Just let it, you, you know, get away from it because that you being the person that you've been called to be is absolutely important. It's important to the future of, of the, the human race. Whether you believe it or not, it, it, your existence is that important. And final, the final step that I'll share with you, into possessing your destiny and your promise is to connect yourself with somebody who has spiritual insight to help you. Connect yourself with someone who, who, when you share your dream with them, they won't tear it down, but they'll show you, they'll help you build a, a blueprint to get there. And I offer myself today um, as that person. If you are a person, if you anybody, in fact, I'm offering a deal here. Anybody who hears this podcast who's on here live now up until I'm thinking I think that on my record it said March 4th. So we'll just say March 4th. Up until March 4th of 2009, anybody who hears this podcast and contacts me, I will reduce my fees because I want to see you make it. I want to see you I want to see you get to where you're supposed to be. Anybody who can who contacts me, you can send me an email at mileswmiller at gmail.com, that's M-Y-L-E-S-W-M-I-L-L-E-R at gmail.com. If you contact me and say that you heard this podcast, I will I will reduce my fees and I will give you a special rate 
of a initial contact for twenty five dollars. Now my rates are my rates are pretty uh pretty hefty now because I'm I'm I do this a lot and I'm 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 good at what I'm doing now. But I want to I want to see people succeed and I want to be able to put you in and at least get you help you get create a blueprint to get to your successful place and get to your promised land. I want to any like I say anybody who hears this message, who hears this podcast until midnight of March the fourth, two thousand nine, I will I will give you an initial meeting via phone or and an email for twenty five bucks. You can't beat that because I, I I know that if you spend just thirty minutes with me, I'll help you get to where you need to be. So pass this email, pass this podcast along after it, it's recorded and finished, and send this to somebody who can who can be helped, who needs help, even if it's you. Just contact me. I want to help you. I want to see you reach your goals, whatever that goal may be. Call me, contact me. Let let's see how I can help you. So without further ado. I thank you for for this time. This this is one of those moments I love. I love to give people tools to to help them just to just get everything that that God has promised them. And I know I can help you. And today we have a guest again from um just I you know, I like I said my goal is to bring dynamic people here before you and and let you see get a glimpse of their success in in hopes that you feel the energy from them, and use it for yourself and, and move forward in your goals and move forward in your destiny. Uh, last week we had a, a, a dynamic young man, um, Mr. Clark Scott, who, um, you know, shared a lot of things with us. You know, he he released a book called Ugly Beauty, um, dot, 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 LOL, which stood for A Life Cycle of Love. And it was, just a, a, a great, such a great interview that I had to have him back this week, and um, also, you know, Mr. Scott shared a lot of great things with us. He also shared with, we were the first people to find out that he got engaged last week on uh, Valentine's Day. So I want to bring Mr. Clark Scott back on today, and um, Clark, hello, Clark. Hello, Clark. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Thank you. Uh, we, you're, we're on live, uh, creating a championship standard of living, and I wanted to reintroduce you to the people again. I, I'm just tell us more about what you do, Clark. Uh, okay, my name is Clark Scott. I am a entrepreneur. I own a uh, uh, small business right now. It's small. It's uh, growing at a you know amazing rate. Okay. And I'm also a writer and an artist. Okay. And we we discussed your book last week, Ugly Beauty. Um, could you tell us more about the you know what what, what was the inspiration for that book? Well, I I did not actually let you know what the true inspiration for the book okay. was. Okay. Um, the true inspiration for the book um uh, was actually it it was a prayer manifest, uh, okay. fully manifest. Um, you know, I talk to God like I would talk to my best friend who never, who never left my side. Okay. I really don't have a traditional, uh, I guess you would say, 
uh, praying relationship with okay. God. Okay. Uh, I do very little on my knees, hands together, you know, closed off in a room praying. Okay. I, I just I talk to God all day long, and right. if anybody ever sees me, they probably think I was crazy. But <laughs> I believe that the unseen controls the scene. Yes. So I talk to God more than I would talk to anybody else because when it really comes down to it, everybody else has limitations. Right. My uh, my fiance, which is uh, my perfectly balanced help meet. Um, if I ask her to do anything, she would do it uh, in a helpful partnership sense of the word. She has my back. Okay. My business partner, same way. Um, he might, you know, say a couple words, but he's going to do it. Right. Uh, because we have the same vision, the same goal, and uh, for both of these people, I would do the same thing. But they also have limitations. If my partner is in Milwaukee, then there's no way that he can be in downtown Detroit to take care of something in an hour. It's right. just not possible. Uh, if my girlfriend is at her job or on an interview or just something as simple as, you know, doing a song in the studio, there's no way that she can be, you know, in Rochester Hills uh, picking up a package for me. Right. But with God, I'm telling you, he will make a way every time. Every time. So, uh, speaking with God, sorry for that segue, but speaking with God, I, I I realized that I was damaged from all the relationships I had been in. Okay. Um, no matter how hard I tried, I realized that I was not giving the, um, the people that I was with currently and people that I was meeting a half a chance. I was decoding everything they were doing from jump, basically giving giving them enough rope to hang themselves. Right. Cutting off the relationship once they did it, and um, and I was benefiting none. I was becoming, my heart was becoming harder and more cold. And so I did not want to live a life like this because there's no way that I could have the fruitful marriage I wanted if I was um, hard and cold. There's no way possible. So let me let me interrupt for one second, sir. So you're saying that over the course of your life, you had you know interacted with different people, and those relationships had maybe chipped away at, at the core of who you really who you really were designed to be. Is, am I correct I, in saying that? Yes, uh, but more more realistically, I had I've taken I've taken my original way that I loved, and I added armor to it. I. Okay. Uh, you know, I, I put on a breastplate. I, I put on some, you know, some elbow guard. Right. <laughs> I was carrying a sword now, a gun, you know, figuratively. But, you know, like I said, instead of instead of allowing it to skew the inner, my inner love, my my love had just equipped itself with so many weapons that was not necessary and it was detrimental to any healthy relationship. And wow. I asked God, uh, I told God, I said I needed healing. I didn't know how he was going to do it, but I needed healing. Right. Um, I wanted, literally I asked him, I said, I don't want to forget everything that I've been through because it's going to make me a, a wiser person. I said, but if I could keep the wisdom and erase the hurt and the pain, I said, oh, man, that would be beautiful. 
that would be so beautiful. I mean, that would be perfect. And he led me to a lot of my writings. He led me to a lot of new writings. In a way, putting life down on paper. And then he told me, reverse the order. And I, I looked at myself and I said, oh, man, that sounds kind of crazy. But I was uh, I was faithful. I reversed the order. Uh, it was once it was all set, set out and done, there was a change in me. I didn't even realize the change. Okay. But after the change happened, I must have been ready. I must have been ready for the gift that uh, God brought to me because once the change happened, my now fiancé was just reintroduced into my life. Okay. And I was able to accept her how you're supposed to accept um, a true love. Okay. And she was at the same exact point in her life. Wow. I don't know how God preserved her through all the things she's been through, but she was at the same exact point. So when we met, we instantly connected in jail. Um, we were everything that we asked God for wow. in our lives, and it was an amazing thing. But it was definitely a uh, a prayer that uh, we that I put in that came around full circle and uh, manifested itself. Wow, and that that goes back to what I was saying earlier about possessing your destiny. One of the things you got to do in order to possess your destiny, you got to ask God to order your steps. And I, I see what you're saying here is that basically, you, you know, you, you may not pray the way other people may say you should pray or how it, how it's supposed to look according to other people. But your prayer life, in in your praying, you you ask God to show you how to do it, and and you ask Him to help you. And part of your plan to to get into your destiny was to ask God for help. And when you ask God for help, basically order my steps. Everything came full circle. So you actually, the thing that you always saw, the vision that you always had, you are now able to possess it because you were able to get back and change your mind and, and do things, you know, in a different way. So tell us, how, would, how, how did you do it? I mean, how, how did you, how were you able to stay focused to, to even be in a position to, to receive the gift when it came back? Well, I was raised a uh, son of a cop and a Detroit social worker. Okay. Uh, dealing with two people who pretty much in their different ways work off the psychology of people taught me a lot of psychology basics that I did not know. Okay. Uh, one of the largest, I mean, one of the uh, most valuable basics is uh, the concept of uh, knowing yourself, figuring yourself out how you think so that you can see how it relates to everybody else. Okay. Um so I figured myself out as far as it goes uh, with fear and faith. Okay. Um, I believe what you said. Uh, the, the hero and the coward has the same fear. Yes. The difference is who reacts and who is paralyzed. Yes. And they said that the hero actually holds on, like you said, one second longer. Yep. And reacts. Sometimes their reaction is just to stand still and stand their ground. Yes. While the, while the coward's reaction is to, you know, retreat. Um, I figured myself out. I said, when I pray, I was doing way too much asking and then repeat asking. I was coming back after I asked God, oh, please do this for me. 
I will come back later and ask, oh, please do this for me, asking the same thing. <laughs> if any of you have children or have witnessed children with someone, uh, you know how annoying uh, it has to be when uh, a child repeats himself a hundred times when you plan on blessing them or giving them what they wanted the first time. Uh, once I'm they an uncle asking, and I see it a lot. It irritates me. <laughs> oh, yes, 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 because they keep asking and keep asking, and it's not gaining them any more favor. It's actually showing you uh, how little faith they have in you, uh, uh, your ability to do what they asked or your willingness to do what they asked. Right. So one thing I found out is I was asking way too many times. The other yes. thing is after I asked, I was focusing too much. I was overthinking myself. So I was thinking, oh, my God, this problem is so big. How is God going to answer it? I was boxing God in. I right. was, as I call it, cutting off my angel's wings. Wow. <laughs> you know, it's like once you ask, God is sending something your way. It's right. your job to be in position to get blessed. Right. But if you're over, if you're overthinking it, if you're, boxing God in. You're cutting off how your blessings can come. Well, God, I don't know how I'm going to be able to work with, uh, you know, this person or how I'm going to be able to do this. That's not your concern. Your concern is, Lord, put me in a position to receive whatever blessing you're sending my way. Point blank, period. After you do it, you don't need to think about it. If you're a person who analyzes and overanalyzes, Instead of thinking about it, continue with your day. Continue in faith. Every time you get a conflicting thought, say what it is. Right. Uh, you you funny devil. You funny evil. You funny whatever you want to call it. You know, even if it's your own mind torturing yourself, call it out. Call it out like it's your biggest enemy. Right. You know. Oh, you're real funny. No, no, that's that's false. You know, I even give the devil credit. I say, oh, that was a good one. <laughs> you know? I, yeah. I, that, that goes back to the quote we um, that from uh, President Obama. You know, we, we have real enemies in the world. We have in, 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 in the world of our imagination, the world of our minds, we have a real enemy. And that enemy oh, yeah. tries, to, tries to make himself, you know, seem big with, with fear and with, you know, tactics that are just, you know, crazy. I think I expect it to be that the enemy looks like the... Uh, the little guy from the Wizard of Oz, just oh yeah, like a little midget with, behind oh, a megaphone. Yes. <laughs> Nothing oh, really yes. to be worried about. <laughs> yeah, very grandiose. Uh, they even say that in the Bible uh, and various passages uh, that when we really get a full view of you know who the devil is, we'll we'll say, is that him? Is, you know, is, is that, that the all? guy? <laughs> yeah, was that the guy? And. Um, and that's how our problems are. A uh, quick story, and I, I'm not going to go into too much detail, um, just just due to uh, privacy. Um, my fiance is a uh, recording artist. Oh, great. Uh, a, a gospel recording artist. Uh, oh, wow. Beautiful voice, uh, beautiful woman, of course, if okay. I ask for a hand in marriage. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, she was... Uh, she was going through her frustration. The devil put purposely put various people in her life to misguide, misdirect, and ultimately try to taint her 
and her goal in this life. Right. Um, a lot of things that she had passions for and she was so excellent at naturally, the devil was able to put sort of a bad taste and a, almost a feel of defeat okay. on her. Um, as we started to talk, I realized her passion for these things and I realized that it was the same thing was done to me. A mm-hmm. fear was being, well, fear was put into me to branch out to explore. And that was my natural passion. Right. So when I saw her in that same position, we spoke on it. I found out what did she really want to do, minus the fear. We prayed together. We put a uh, a stop payment on uh, everything, <laughs> everything, because you feed into it. You feel right. it's like you're making payments every right. week, every day. You feed into this fear. You put a stop payment on all checks concerning fear. Right. Matter of fact, if I ever heard anything come out of her mouth, or any of my friends know this, any of my close friends, if I ever hear anything negative come out your mouth, um, I usually tell you to stop. You, you're not going to receive it because right. I'm not going to let you receive it. Right. And go ahead and take it back and then speak what you really want. Right. So we put a stop payment, and then we started making payments to what she really wanted. We asked God for, instead of being specific, first we asked for his will to be done. Right. For your will to be done, this is what we want. If we do have any say-so, and if this is your will, let it be in alignment. But if it's not your will, let me lose my taste for it. Right. Um, right. Well, that was months ago. <laughs> um, yesterday, this, what, yesterday we were in um, Grand Rapids at a uh, live concert, live taping. Okay. Beautiful, beautiful artist, beautiful concert. Um, we went from, she went from, in these few months, she went from being frustrated by uh, time thieves and energy thieves. Okay. People in your life who jerk you around, pull you left and right, and at the end of the day, you don't even feel like fighting anymore, going on, having any more passion. Right. Because right. they misdirect, you talked about focus of energy. They misdirect your yes. energy so much that you look up and say, man, what, <laughs> what am I doing? I don't even feel like doing it anymore. Right. She went from that to now being blessed with a manager who has her best interest, wow. almost like a father or uncle would have. Uh, but yet he has, he is very seasoned. Um, we were, she was, she had the opportunity and um, did excellent. Um, I, I did not take the chance to compliment her on how excellent she did. Um, she was in the face of top record execs of the top uh, contemporary Christian uh, record labels okay. in the U.S. She was in, they were standing not less than three feet from her, speaking with her about their hopes for her project. Wow. Um, so to go from in the grave, in a sense, for your dreams to go from in the grave to the top of the mountain in that short of a time is the only thing that, the only explanation is faith, prayer, um, uh, tenacity, as you spoke of. But it's just this undying want for God's will and the faith that it uh, it will manifest. And and that's that's something that people need to know. Is that you know you, what you're hearing is a this is a real live testimony of of 
someone pursuing their dreams, pursuing their vision, pursuing that thing that that pursuing the promised land, pursuing that that thing that you've been promised. You you were sent here. You are a person of destiny. You were sent here to do dynamic things for this universe. And and you know, Clark's telling a story about his fiance. Well, hey, here's the thing. There she she had a vision and and for some reason you know things happened and and it was getting cloudy and she couldn't see it but um you know through through prayer through surrounding herself with people who who could help her get there she's able to 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 be in a position now where she can realize her dreams she can the thing that she saw she's pursuing now the thing that she believed she's pursuing and because she's pursuing it the universe god has set up his universe to to be such that it will it will it will it will open itself up for people who are going towards their their goals, and you have to you you have to stay focused on your goals, people. This is really important. You can possess your promise. You can possess your promise. You shall possess your promise. Listen, like I said, listen to this testimony. This is this is this is great stuff. This is this is something that people need to hear. So, Clark, I, I got a question here coming from the chat room that I wanted to uh, share with you. Um, yes, sir. And it is the person saying, um, and I quote, I believe that my, it is my destiny to have a good relationship. What is the right way to approach dating or getting to know a man as a Christian and businesswoman? Oh. What would, be a, what, what would you What kind of advice would you give her on that? First of all, you have to, before you enter any situation, I ask for undue favor um, if the situation is for me. Mm-hmm. I also ask for anything that is not supposed to be <laughs> as in a fruitful relationship. I mean, anything that's not supposed to be as in a relationship because even a negative relationship can have fruit. It's just yes. negative, rotten fruit. Right. <laughs> um, I ask for those seeds not to uh, take any root. So if I am to meet somebody, even if their personality and their character seems, you know, just picture perfect. If it's not right, take it away. Kill right. it, take it away. Make it impossible for these two things to combine. That's a prayer my mother had over my life. Right. And over the lives of all her children. Right. Uh, as a businesswoman also, uh, I'm an entrepreneur, so believe me, there are, there are, I guess you can say responsibilities that businesswomen have that your cold average everyday women, woman does not have. Um, you definitely need to ask for a a person, whether it's just a date or a mate, that will understand your responsibilities and also help to nurture you and be supportive, but not in a um, a nurturing male. And a supportive male is; uh, those are not feminine characteristics. Right. Um, men have, uh, uh, I guess you say, a natural role on this earth. Yes. And their support is backing in certain ways. It, it should make you feel more confident as a woman. Yes. Uh, so you need someone who definitely understands that. Um, you want to ask for somebody in your same position. Or you might want to ask for God to heal you first before you even embark on this because you might be damaged goods, tainted um, in your thinking, in your heart. So you would do nothing but 
taint someone else who is on their path. So and, I would say first ask for ask for healing, and then once you ask for healing, then ask for the other thing. Somebody who can understand and uh, support your your uh, I guess you can say your purpose, your destiny in this world. And God will be faithful if you have the faith to uh, ask and follow through. And I, I want to also add to that um, that healing aspect. Healing people don't really understand how important it is to be whole when you go into a relationship with somebody else. Um, you don't, you know, because if two people come together in a relationship and one person's whole and one person's not, well, you're still gonna have somebody there that's not whole. And if the person is you, well, then now you know that at least that gives you a um, some, at least that gives you an idea. Okay, this, these are things I need to work on that I want to make bring myself better in. Um, like uh, Clark is saying, prayer, asking God to come in and, and heal your heart. It's it's really you know it's, a lot of people out there are, are battling a lot of different things, uh, and it's just you know it's amazing that some of the stories I've, I hear people telling me about the things they've been through, and 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 they're dealing with heartache and they're dealing with pain. Clark, how would you what, what would you suggest? Like, is there something that is there even like a scripture that comes in mind that you you would lead them to? That somebody's dealing, they have heartache in their pain, heartache and pain in their heart, and they they just don't know how to love. They don't know how to to really. I mean, they can't love somebody else because they don't even love themselves yet. They don't even know what the word love means to themselves. What would you what would you prescribe to them? What would you tell them? I would tell them to uh, meditate on one of my favorite scriptures, with which I'm about to lead you to a. Uh, non-traditional focus on a traditional, almost cliche scripture. Okay. Which is, uh, is it 1 Corinthians 13? I can research that's it for the, you. Uh, that's the description on love? Yes, uh, 13 and 13. Okay. Now, if you look at um, 13 and, um, is it 13 and 12? It's between 13 and 10 and 13 and 12. So 1 Corinthians 13 and 10 or 12, it says, uh, we see we see to into a mirror darkly than in full. Um, for one day we shall know ourselves even as we are known by God. Right. And then that, that scripture goes on to say, when which is perfect has come, which is in part will fade away. That's the part of the scripture to me that really talks about love. Um, the other part about love is, you know, you're like a clanging symbol. If you do not have love, love is, uh, you know, for, forgiving. You know, they, they talk about all these attributes of love. They talk about all these attributes of love. Right. But the real definition of love to me are in those few scriptures. Because they're saying that we only understand, they were like, we understand and we prophesy. Basically, everything we're doing now is only a partial glimpse of what we could be doing if we were in in the full alignment with God. Right. Because God is love. Right. Uh, that's a concept that goes back and forth. God and love. God is love. So if we're in alignment with God, which is love, which is all these attributes, then we might start out seeing, prophesying, doing everything in, in part. 
or partial. Um, but one day, we would know ourselves as we are known by God. Uh, quick segue, there's a book called 50 Ways to See Through People. Okay. Smallest book ever. It's by an author named Vern Howard. Uh, the book starts off with the royal secret. The royal secret is there's a king. He's been successful his whole, you know, his whole reign. They're having a party for him, and they say, King, King, what is the secret of your success? He says, the secret of my success is I know about my castle more than any of my enemies. Wow. What is that? What that's it. What that is saying that just like that verse saying that we see uh, we see through a mirror darkly, then in full. For one day we should know ourselves even as we are known by God. Well, that tells you the secret right there of walking in alignment with God is knowing yourself and seeing yourself fully. The bad, right. the good, the weaknesses, the strength, it will it will cause you to deal with everyone in a more in a in a wise way. If you know that you uh are easily led, mm-hmm. then you start to create a backbone and a destiny for yourself. How can somebody give you a plan if God has already given you a plan? Right. You know? You start to master yourself. Um and it's a continual process. But then it says, uh when which is uh the Bible verse says when which is perfect has come, which is in part shall fade away. So it's letting you know once your blessings have come, all the other things, if you're allowing them to leave, if you're letting go, if you're not holding on, they cannot, it's almost like a candle in the sun. A right. candle cannot shine in the sun. It might be lit, but it's nothing compared to the sun. Well, when, when you're in alignment with God and he brings what, it's for you. The things that are not for you have no glimmer. They have no glitz. You see the, you see the limits in them. You see the frailties in them. Right. So, uh, believe me, if you have a clear view of of God's glory when you're in their line, when you're in uh, uh, God's line in alignment with God, which is love, nothing else can compare. Right. At all. And even. So, even- even here in the chat room, um, uh, someone is saying that I, the question was asked, what is a way for people to, to see themselves truthfully? And the answers that we're receiving here, are, one answer is to stop looking at others. Oh, yeah. Not take the focus off of, of, you know, of other people and their their frailties and their, their shortcomings and their mistakes, you know, so you can, can actually look at yourself. You know, how can you take a... You know, a speck out of mine when there's a plank in your eye. You know, you oh, can't yeah. really see me. You can't see me correctly because you know you're not in the right place to be either. Uh, secondly, they're saying to separate and get quiet before God. Oh yeah. And I believe that it's very important. Like whether you believe in God or not, I, I, this is you know I'm, that's not my. I'm not here today to, to talk about that. I'm here today to talk about you know putting solutions in the in the mouth of people. Okay, I, I definitely, I definitely, definitely, definitely feel strongly about this. That a lot of the situation that we see, like you know, I, I don't want to go into great detail about the Chris Brown Rihanna thing, but to just to make up the point, where is you have people who are not healed, 
and not whole, and they're getting they're 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 not healing that hole, and they're they're, they're so it's so bad they're oozing. They're, they're leaving a trail, and stuff like what happened last week, you know, the week before last, you know, that stuff. People people are hurt by other people's hurts. Hurting people hurt people, and you know, I put it out there now to anybody who hears this podcast or anybody who's on here live that you have to really you have to really understand who you are before you can ever try to go out and get into a relationship with somebody else or you can ever try to do anything that you've been called to do because you don't want to you know go a place get elevated in a place and you know you're you're doing what you're supposed to do but part of you is, is so broken that, that that broken piece is the very thing that's going to cause you to fall you want to do everything you can you know one of the, one of the, in the chat room one of the scriptures that was given was uh Psalm 51 where it says search my Oh Lord, search my heart. Search my heart, oh Lord. And like Clark was saying earlier, you don't ever want anybody else to know you better than you. You don't want anybody else to know your house better than your house, better than you know your house. Because if there's something that you're dealing with that somebody else can see better than you can, you better believe that if they're not a really careful and godly person, they'll use it. They will use that very thing that hurts you to, to manipulate you and use it against you. And I, 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 I've had it happen to me at times in my life where, I, you know, there are things that, you know, have happened to me I really wish I hadn't gone through. But now that I've gone through them, now I have a better view of how not to go through that and how I can tell somebody, okay, you don't have to go through that. I, I know that there's some issues I'm still dealing with that God's still delivering me from. And I, I'm talking to you, you know, today as a person who, who's not perfect. But again, then again, none of us are perfect. I'm talking to you today as a person who understands that your destiny is so important that you can't let anything or nothing get in the way of it, of, of anything that would bring, that would cause it not to be manifest. You have to eliminate it. Being hurt, holding unforgiveness, holding grudges, anything like, like that, you got to get away from it. <laughs> you got to get away from it. You got to, uh, like they're saying in the chat room here, stop. Take the take the attention off everybody else. Look at yourself. Look at yourself truthfully. Look at yourself truthfully. Look at look at the person that you know you've been created to be. Go go back to Genesis one and twenty verse uh, chapter one verses twenty six through twenty eight. You've been called to to take dominion. You've been called to, to rule. You've been called to to be great. You've been entrusted with the universe. You've been entrusted with this earth. You you know you're not just some some peon just just having a little earthly existence. You're you're creating an image of God. Yes. So yes. you have to go forward. You have to don't let anything that has come against you to destroy you. Destroy you. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know any other eloquent way to say it. Don't let anything that's come to destroy you destroy you. Don't let don't let it happen because you're greater than that. Your that that vision I keep telling you to focus on. That vision is important. That thing. It see the, the truth of the matter is I'm actually. In Atlanta now, doing ministry, doing the motivational speaking, doing my coaching, but had I known what it would have taken me, for me to get here to do this, I probably wouldn't have done it. If I'd have known everything that, that was going to happen, I probably wouldn't have done it. But the good outweighs the bad. And it's going to, sometimes you're going to have to go through some trials and tribulations. They're coming. Don't worry about it. Don't, don't, even, don't even try to dance around it. It's coming. As long as you live, the trials and tribulations, they will come. Oh yeah, I have a um, uh, a friend of mine turn me on to a quote 
a uh, very brilliant uh, young woman who is uh, she's finishing her de- one of uh, a, a PhD degree. Okay. She said uh, she said a very very powerful quote. She said, "Either you're going to struggle to survive or struggle to excel." Wow. She said, "Now in both of those, you heard you're going to struggle." You're going to struggle. But which one do you choose to do? And that was a very, very powerful quote that um, I already knew inside of my heart, but to hear it spoken lit a new fire. So now instead of saying to myself, oh, man, okay, here's, you know, something, it's I welcome struggle. I welcome uh, uh, hard decisions. I welcome the tough things. Uh, I tell my my business partner and my fiance both. I always tell them. Now my my partner is man. He's so unfocused. We we laugh. Right. Now when something quote goes wrong, oh man, we crack up. We crack up, and it's kind of unnatural in the sense of we don't have a fear about it. We know it's going to work itself out. We're just like, okay, God, how should I align myself so that you can work in the situation fully? And that's the that's the real question now. Nowadays, that's our big focus. But yeah, um, the quote is: "You're you're going to either struggle to survive or struggle to excel." Okay. And both of those, you struggle. But which one are you choosing to, to do? Are you just going to survive or are you going to excel? So it's a it's a beautiful thing, but you have to struggle. You have to go through it, and going through to get to the point that I'm at. Like you said, if I would have known, maybe I would have chosen not to go through it. I definitely wouldn't have. <laughs> right, but uh, if I, I tell God, just show me one step in front of me. Because right. if you show me two or three, I might decide to turn around. But just show me enough that I know, okay, set my foot down here mm-hmm. confidently and push. Then, hey, that's all I need because I know this is my next step, even if it's right into the fire. If it's right into the fire, I know that I'm about to come out whole anyway, so I'm not I'm not fearful of the fire. Well, Clark, I have to um have to cut you off cuz we um I just got the warning we uh we have a minute left in the show and I want to close <laughs> it out <laughs> cuz this is this is a dynamic this is a dynamic discussion something we need to hear. Actually, if if people who are online, if you call in now within the next minute, uh, we can actually we can take this discussion past the recording and have a, a small roundtable discussion. But uh, what I want to do right now, there's a quote. There's another quote from President Barack Obama that I want to leave you with, and it, it ties into everything that we've just been t- telling you. If you're walking down the right path and you're willing to keep walking, eventually you'll make progress. If you're walking down the right path and you're willing to keep walking, eventually you'll make progress. Your destiny is so important, people. Your career is so important, people. The things you've been called to do is so important. And what I'm here today to tell you is don't ever give up. Don't ever quit on your dreams. That's my mantra. That's my model. That's the thing that I tell people most anywhere I go. Don't ever give up. Don't ever quit on your dreams. Surely you can go up at once. Surely we can all go up at once and possess it because we're well able to to conquer nothing, conquer anything that comes against us because we are divinely created for this moment. 
people, know that I love you. Be blessed. And I look forward to seeing you next week. Don't ever give up. Don't ever give up. Quit on your dreams. I'm Miles Miller, creating a championship standard of living. God bless you. So if there's anybody still online, we uh, I've opened up all the phone lines. Um, we can have like hey, a 15 minute discussion here. Hey Miles, this is hey. Kyle Elegant. How Hi. are you? I'm great. And you? Hi, I'm hey. good. <laughs> I am so happy to catch one of your shows live. Yeah, totally it's good. Awesome. <laughs> totally awesome. Um, you asked me that question, and I was on the phone uh, when okay. I was trying to. I was trying to like expound a little bit more on the answer. Okay. Because um, I was listening to you guys talk about you know getting into a relationship and you know dealing with relationships. And there's one thing about people, um, and it, it's so many people are so many of us. I won't say so many people. I'll just say so many of us, and include me in that, are so fractured. And we hide our pain, we hide our past, we hide our hurt, we hide who we are. And sometimes we hide so much that we forget that we're still dealing with it. So when I say that, I'm saying that to say we sometimes change who we are to be who we think we're supposed to be in order to be with somebody else. Right. And and that's never going to work. Because eventually the real you is gonna gonna come to the surface. <laughs> oh, eventually, yeah. it always does. You can't hold up that you can't hold up a standard that belongs to someone else. You oh, know, yeah. someone can someone can help you hold you know hold your 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 flag, your banner, your standard for a while, but eventually their arms are gonna get tired. And if it's not, if you're trying to hold a, a twenty foot standard and you only have um, you know, a 10-foot strength because you haven't built yourself up, eventually you're going to fall. Right. Oh, yeah. You're so, going to fall and fall hard. And, and yeah. That goes back to something that um, my my sister Karen, um, she was actually in the chat room, she, um, you know, brought this to me last week. She was here. To, she did a, a deliverance conference here in Atlanta. Mm-hmm. And um, who she – and by the way uh, – if you guys ever get a chance, or you're in Detroit or in Cincinnati, Atlanta, uh, Karen Donald uh, is a dynamic speaker, deliverance minister. If you if there's some if you're broken inside, you need healing somewhere. That that's the person to talk to. Um, God has God has given her a, a dynamic gift in that area. But um, she was here last, all last week and did a conference, and I was you know with her, you know, taking care of her while she was here, and that was one of the things she she talk to me about it. she's like why why don't you ever talk about yourself you always talk about okay well the show went well or you know this that the other but you never talk about what's okay so what's going on with miles mm-hmm. you all you're hiding behind the stuff and, and, and the truth of the matter is hey there's some things in my life that caused me pain mm-hmm. and one thing about pain you know if you keep hitting your head against the ceiling you're not gonna jump and hit the ceiling too many more times yeah you're not gonna try to jump hit this you're not gonna try to do that so you know in doing that it may, you know, I've been, the, the pains I've had, the, you know, I got calluses here, I got bruises there, I got, you know, whips there. You know, hey, sometimes, you you know, it makes you not want to, it makes you look gun shy. Right. You know, if you yeah. got, if you keep getting beaten in the gun battle, you ain't going to keep pulling the gun. Right. Yeah. <laughs> you don't walk away from those yeah. battles. But remember what you just said? You said that the uh, the same uh, mindset that created the right. problem 
right. is not equipped to create the solution. Yeah, it's not. And you're right. If you keep on standing in the same spot in the gun battle, and you keep on trying to pull your gun the same way, and you keep getting shot, you're not going to do it. Right. But if you reposition yourself, you know, and uh, equip yourself with the right tools, you're a different person now. Right. You're a different person. Mark? Oh, yeah, I had, I had to fully expose myself. <laughs> can, I, <laughs> can I ask you a question, Miles? Because it seems like, and then to the gentleman on the phone, and I'm sorry that I, I don't know your name, but... Um, Did you say your name was Kyla Day? <laughs> my name is Sandy. Oh, I'm sorry. I didn't I didn't hear you. Uh, That's okay. I thought I overheard you. <laughs> All right, I'm Clark Scott. Clark Scott. Nice to meet you, dear. Um, nice to meet you. I, I have a question because I, it seems, in listening to what you guys say, it seems that you both have been called to be servants. And, you know, and, and that means dealing with the people. <laughs> so when you're... And then when you're a servant and you're dealing with the people um, and then you end up getting hurt or, like you said, you get caught in a crossfire or whatever, <laughs> how do you guys, what do you guys do to overcome, you know, overcome the hurt from the people that you're sent to minister to? You, you, you might have first? to do another show on that. I'm, well, uh, <laughs> I can, uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, I definitely, I'll definitely go first. Um <laughs> Okay, like I like we spoke about, uh, I said how God just showed me a step. Just show me one step, and I'll constantly take it. And just show me the next step. Don't show me two or three steps because I might not choose to take that battle. Just show me right. one step at a time, and I'll take them confidently. I have a close friend who uh, love him to death, love him to death, and um, God showed me a couple things about him. I was actually supposed to do some projects with him, and I realized that he was not ready. Then I realized how just administering to him, it was pulling away. I was letting it actually change me. Mm -hmm. I was trying to do it out of my own, I guess you can say, out of of myself. Mm -hmm. Well, I did step in the fire with him one too many times. And when I got to the point that it started to defame my character and to actually mentally bring me down, I had to step back. Uh, One thing I learned is uh, throughout my different jobs, I learned reality therapy. And reality therapy is a form of therapy when you deal with people, but the therapy starts out, how do you feel? How do you feel today? Are you irritable? Because everything stems from you. So when you find yourself far gone or off or, like you said, getting burned, you have to step back, and not in a fearful way, but you have to step back and recollect yourself, reignite yourself. You should be feeding yourself and igniting yourself all the time, but reignite yourself and then go back out harder. Mm -hmm. Because the enemy, while you're, as a servant, and as a, a lover of people, mm-hmm. you're sent to help build up people and make them strong. Oh, man, the enemy hates that. Hates mm-hmm. that. Hates it and will attack you at any angle he can. And with, mm-hmm. a, with a person who is sent to help build people up, mm-hmm. he's going to take things that you might consider your fortress, your base, 
and he's going to send those weak things to attack you. It almost, uh, I don't I don't know if you've ever heard, uh, saw the movie Fallen with uh, Denzel Washington. Yeah, yes. I did. Yeah, it was an a, a interesting part where they said, you know, uh, this this demon, he could only possess, he could possess you by touch. Um, he would be in one person's body, and if that person touched you and you had foul things or wrong things in you, then he could jump from the one body he was in to your body without your control. Uh, when you have people around you, people that you have attached yourself to, have attached themselves to you, that have those frailties, the enemy will use those people to attack you because those people are one close to you. You hold them close to you so they are your base. And it's really all to bring you off of your mission. Right. You have to step back and recollect yourself. If you don't, you're no good to nobody. I'm, I'm, you're definitely, I'm definitely out of the wheel. I'm definitely happy you said that because that was the exact thing that I told someone else. And I'm like, you know, because sometimes when you are that person, things come to you and you don't really know where they come from. Mm-hmm. When right. you really, truly are a a, a minister or, you know, uh to people, a servant to the people. Sometimes God will give you something or the spirit will give you something to say to someone, and you're like, I don't know where that came from. You know, I don't <laughs> know. Because and, 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 sometimes I listen to what I said. Like, I, you know, I do a show here too, and I'll go back and I'll listen, and I'll say, who in the world was that? <laughs> right. Where did that come from? And I didn't know I knew that, you know, and and it's really interesting because you, you know, we have to, but we have to keep going in the face of the adversity from the enemy because it's, you know, your gift, the the, the Bible says that your your gift will make room for you and bring you before great men. But I also believe it, it brings great men before you. And, and, oh, yeah. and, and, it, and, you know, and when they say it brings you before great men, some people that you think are great, you'll be before them. You'll be chosen before them, mm-hmm. you know. I mean, so you can interpret that scripture any way. So it's like oh, we yeah. have to keep on reaching out to folks and keep working our gifts, or we won't be before great men. We'll get lost in the in in, in the in the folly of what's happening to us. So I don't know. Okay, I just had to ask that question. And, and I, I definitely want to add to that because um, I guess I'm in Atlanta again for to because of ministry. Um, mm-hmm. My uh, bishop started a new church down in Atlanta because uh, we, you know, we have a, a thriving ministry in, in Detroit. But God led him to, to open up a, a church in Atlanta. Mm-hmm. Well, he sent me down here to to help him to establish this church. Um, most of the people that, that he sent down here sent down here to do this this task had been with him twenty plus years. Some I had I'd only been in the, in the ministry like a year at that time. Mm-hmm. I was the youngest person that he sent down here, but. God knew what was inside of me. God knew that there was something in this region that, that the people needed that I had. Mm-hmm. Now, God knew that, but some people didn't know that. And some people got irritated because, well, what does he know? You know, he's, tw- you know, just, you know he's 27 <laughs> years old, and I'm getting sent down here, and, you know, in a, uh, in a region. I'm, ne- I'm not even familiar with Atlanta. I, got, I only okay. have one relative in the area. Mm-hmm. One. <laughs> I, don't, I don't really know nobody here. I didn't, and truthfully, I didn't even like Atlanta. 
So I'm going yeah, to a place that I'm not, I don't, I never thought about moving to ever in life. Yeah. And now I'm being asked to minister to people who, when they, some people, they immediately gravitated towards me because I'm a motivator. I'm an encourager. That's, that's, I, that spirit is on me. Right. I can, I can communicate with little babies. <laughs> so, right. you know, right. it, that, that's, <laughs> because that's, they understand, they understand attention and, and they understand, they understand love. Yeah. Motivation yeah. is love. You're, you're, saying, you're, you're pouring love on right. somebody to, to get them into the, going in the right direction. So, you know, operating my natural gifts, some people didn't like it because, well, they, they come from an old school and, and, and they, they, they were power hungry and they wanted to, to destroy me because they thought that by destroying me they'd make, make Bishop think that I'm an idiot and that he made a mistake. And then they'll send me back, he'll send me back to Detroit and then they'll have me out the way. Not realizing yeah. that God placed me here to make sure that basically it's like this. God uses us as deliverers, whether people accept it or not. And if you if you if you read the story, you understand that Jesus Christ is the, the greatest deliverer of them all. And he got rejected in his hometown. Oh yeah. So what makes me think that people won't reject me? <laughs> right. The right. very people that need me, the very people that need you, what makes you think they won't reject you? That yeah. you might come in you might come go somewhere one day and you may have your hair you may have like a, a blonde streak in your hair and somebody will, will get offended by it and say, Oh, I can't receive anything from her because she has blonde streaks in her hair. Not realize oh, yeah. that the, the deliverer is still there. The, right. the spirit oh, yeah. of the spirit of deliverance is still there in you. They just they can't receive it because you have a blonde streak in your hair, or you know, you no, may have had on some. Barrier that they allow the, the the they allow the enemy to put on them. Yeah, yep. Like oh, yeah. people that are that are, and that that's what I was talking about. You know, when you ask that question, how do you, how do you know? Oh, all right, let me see. Let me go back and see what the question was. Because your question was really good. And I was like, wow, that's a good question. What would you say um, is a way for people to see themselves? Right. They they see themselves in you. They see what they want to do in you. They see where they should be by looking in you, and they right. combat it by tearing others down. Right. Oh yeah. And and, and that is so. It's scary that it, that we're really we've become where we've allowed that to happen a little bit. If you think oh, about yeah. it. You know, yeah. not, uh, somebody was telling me about a situation today. Which is why I asked that question to you, Miles. And, and I'm sorry, I'm I, I am I'm I'm going to be a little selfish here, and I'm going to I'm I'm getting I'm getting oh, no. what I need from y'all. <laughs> but I don't God think anything happens. I don't think anything happens by happenstance. But they were telling me about a situation, and you know this this is going to be A is going to be the outcome, B is going to be the outcome, and I really can't really share too much because it was just devastating. Somebody has information, knowledge, and something someone said horribly about a lot of people. And they right. said, I'm going to expose this person, and I'm just going to tell it all. And, I, and, it, and I was like, wow. Okay. Yeah. Well, first of all, if that person does that, they, if you're thinking, they're thinking about hurting the initial person who hurt them. So they're doing right. this for retaliation. But you're also going to hurt Everybody, this person said anything negative about, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. and you're going to you're going to create a situation where they're going to sow a seed of contempt, and they're going to and it's actually going to be the seed that they are going to reap a harvest from. So if oh, you yeah. allow this person to do this, you're allowing this person to sow damnation into their life. Right. Oh yeah. I said, you need to stop and and tell this person. 
because they were telling me, like, you know, they had got caught up in it really quick. And I just started crying, and I was like, wait a minute. We are devouring one another. Oh, yeah. We're totally devouring one another. We're not appreciating someone else's gifts, talents, being jealous and hateful and all of these things. You know, I went into this long tangent, and I was like, and then after I got off the phone from talking to that person, I was like, where did that come from? And, okay, because when I got done speaking, they were like, okay, I heard everything you said. I'm going to call you back. And I was like, okay, yeah. they're going to think, you know, I was just being, you know, this, that, and the other. But then, like, 30 minutes later, they actually had to sit down. They must have sat down and thought about what I said. And they called me back, and they were like, wow, I heard what you said. And, you know, then they were elaborating more because I was like, did they hear what I said? Because I heard what I said, but because I had never said it before, I didn't know. You know, you don't know when you're being led by the Spirit, you don't know. This stuff yeah. just comes up, you know. So yeah. we have, uh, as far as being ministers, and I, I don't, you know, I'm, I'm a minister. Yeah, okay. You know what I'm saying? I, I don't sit here. And I don't <laughs> try to the name of. You know what I'm saying? I, I really. Oh, I know. <laughs> I ain't trying to make a name for myself. I'm not trying to do any of that. I'm not even really trying to walk in the ministry. I'm just being real. I just have to because it's who I am. But I'm not right. trying to do it. But I'm not not trying to do. Do you understand what I'm saying? Right. You don't have a choice. I don't have yeah. a choice. I want right. to have a choice because people are crazy. Oh yeah. <laughs> I'm like God for real. You meant me. You know I might cut somebody out. And you talking about I'm gonna need to <laughs> <keep> Right. <laughs> right. But then that's that's the truth about you, and you knowing that, you know, is the is the beautiful thing that it doesn't make you. Uh, uh, I guess you can say smarter, better than the next person, but it does, one thing it does make you definitely, to know yourself and to know how bad your boo-boo stink, uh, it makes you wiser than the next person. Mm-hmm. Because when you feel yourself getting uh, attacked and pulled off your focus, you can mm-hmm. hold, you can stop yourself before you go off into that. Mm-hmm. And that's, man, it's like you said uh, about when you start to speak. And then you start hearing what you're saying, and you're like, oh, what? <laughs> and then you're like, hold on, I didn't know that. But like you said, when the Spirit is speaking through you, you look back, and not only are you ministering, or is the Spirit ministering to them through you, when you listen to your own words, it's usually dealing with a problem that you might not have conquered 100%, or you might have conquered a certain way, and they're bringing a fresh new understanding of it to you of something that you've already completed. And they're like, look, you completed it, but really this is what you did. I gave you this amount of understanding on it at this point, but now here's a whole new uh, wave of understanding. So now you can take your experience, this new understanding, and be able to teach it. Mm. So, yeah, when you uh, when you doing that spirit, it, uh, it's almost like a, uh, uh, I, I hate to use a sports analogy, but like, Michael Jordan catching the flu and scoring more points than he ever scored in his life. Right. <laughs> you go right. unconscious. You got to do it. You know? Yeah, right. you go unconscious. And it's, it's not even you. It's, uh, you know, it's what God has in you, already right. trapped and locked and waiting to be unleashed. Right, right. Is, uh, who, who, is there another caller from a 919 area code on the line? Well, I 
have no idea. Yes, this is Dr. Ayesh from Raleigh, North Carolina. How you doing, sir? Hello. 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 How yes. are you doing? I'm blessed and highly favored no matter what. Thank you for asking. How about you? I'm phenomenal, <laughs> sir. <laughs> Always good. Ditto. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. But it's a... Uh, um, operating in the spirit, uh, speaking with people, healing people, you can't help yourself but to be healed on um, the things that you have gone through, things that have affected you. Um, you become a, a fuller person uh, working in, um, I guess you can say, uh, uh, in alignment with God. He heals you and makes you a better person because, I mean, like you said, None of us are perfect in any way. In any way. Yeah, you find somebody who thinks they're perfect, then you you run from them. Oh, run. (laughs) Run Run. fast. Don't even try to convince them that they're not. Run. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, actually, people need to really understand that sometimes the beauty is the flaw. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. if you think about, like, one of the models, I can only think of Cindy Crawford right now, but, you know, they all wanted her to cut off that mole on her face. But there was beauty in that so-called flaw that she had. Right. You know, oh, yeah. we have beauty. And that, there's there's the thing that we deal with with the society, too. Society tries to dictate to us what is good and what is supposed to be perfect and what's right, and we buy into this. We buy into it. You know, and as long as we continue to buy into the perfection um, lie um, that, you know, perfect beauty, you know, we've got airbrushed people all over the place. And, you oh, know, yeah. and, and, and we're, we're buying into this perfection model. We're not getting to the truth, you know, of what true beauty really is and, and what, you know. So, I don't know. This, this is a good show, Miles. I'm going to have to make you a favorite, man. Okay, I like that. I like that. Because the thing about it is, what I have to tell people now is, you know, I'm I'm not a talk show host. I'm a, motiva- I'm a motivator. I'm not a motivational speaker. I'm not, not just a writer, not just a coach. I'm a motivator. I, this, this is right. what, what I do. And um, I'm learning how to become a, a talk show host. And, and you know, you guys keep coming back for the experiment because <laughs> I don't I, – I don't, I, this is not something that I, I'm naturally, you know – I'm just I'm not just a natural. I'm I have to learn how to do this. I don't see I'm so raw that there's things that you can hear like you know my sister she's a she's done radio so she's been critiquing me. And she's like you got a lot of dead you know dead air yeah. on the show. Well, I'm raw. I'm I'm still learning. I'm like hey, I I I hear it myself and I play it back like man, I didn't say something for like 2 seconds. And people can hear that. But my whole goal is is to get the get use this platform to help people get to where they're supposed to be get to to the place where they can possess their promise because you know in me doing this this is me overcoming a fear and in me overcoming a fear i know it's going it's unlocking somebody else's destiny you know saying that you're able to be here and you're asking questions that hey these are things i've dealt with firsthand i'm still dealing with them like i've been in atlanta now for three years and when you're dealing with a ministry and you're you help you're putting a ministry basically on your shoulders and, and and carrying it because you know that's basically what you're doing Right. Whenever you, and you're you, taking a vision of someone else. Right, you're taking someone else's vision and, mm-hmm. and carrying it. You have mm-hmm. to, first and foremost, you got to realize it ain't yours. Yes. So you have to be really careful how you how you handle it. It's not yours. Oh, that is so important that you said that. It, it's not, the vision, not only is the vision not yours, 
but there's the thing with the people that are feeling like less than right. because you have you you got that assignment. Right. It's not they're not your people. Right. <laughs> right. They're God's people. They are God's people. You who are on assignment to God's people. And I think that's where some ministers miss it. They you know, they, they, they have a my my people. My flock, my sheep. No, they are all God's sheep. You're just right. supposed to feed them. That's all you're supposed to do is feed them. You're not yep. supposed to tell them how to live. You're not supposed to live life for them. You're not supposed to put barriers or, or anything. You're supposed to give them the information that they need according to the word of God. Feed my sheep. If you love me, feed my sheep. That's all he said. If you love me, feed my sheep. And I look at it like this. Um I played baseball in high school, and my um, I wasn't on my team. I wasn't the fastest runner, because I'm like, you know, I'm a large person, <laughs> so I wasn't I wasn't the quickest, most nimble guy. And my third base coach, he would always, whenever I got on on base, got to third base, he'd always have me, you know, going halfway down the baseline when the pitcher throws the ball. But that put me at risk to get thrown out because the catcher, if the catcher had a strong enough arm, he just he can get me because I wasn't that fast. And I remember one time after I came off the field. After the inning was over, my uh, head coach came over to me and was like, son, uh, let me tell you, you know, the third base coach is only there for a suggestion. you got to know your own limitations. Wow. Um, wow. Which lets me know, hey, if you know you can't make that make that play, don't do not do that. Run your lane. Right. Not, it's not saying that you, you're, you're doubting yourself, but I know that I could maybe a year later, if I had worked with a track coach, maybe I could have made that play. But I knew at that moment I was a, I was a sitting duck each time. I'm just thankful <laughs> I never got thrown out. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> so I mean, even even awesome so even analogy with this, you gotta know, you gotta everything that comes from the man of God may not be thus save the Lord. It may not be Ooh. it may not be the word of the Lord because that because the man of God is still a man. Oh, yeah. not, not taking nothing from him, because he is—he—he he has, you know, been exalted as the person that God is going to speak through. But in the same sense, you got to also realize that he still has issues and stuff he's dealing with too. And everything that comes out of his mouth is not always God. No, no, and uh, oh. that's a—that's a problem that we had. Um, and uh, the the pastor will go from the flesh mm-hmm. to the spiritual. I mean, and flip-flop real quick. Mm-hmm. Well, it's it, it, it easy to do. <laughs> if you didn't catch it, believe me, you would sit there brainwashed and say, oh, my God, I'm not supposed to be doing this. Oh, you would start yeah. condemning yourself when you didn't realize this is a man's law. He was speaking the word, and then he stepped off, and then he stepped back on. But if you don't have, if you haven't asked God for that wisdom, you think, that's why people are, don't like going to church because instead of actually getting healed and nurtured and and uh, chastised when they're supposed to, they just come in and get chastised. Right? right? Because he he ran into a situation that really made him upset, and now he's attacking certain things when when really he's all in the flesh at that moment. You know, right. and these are powerful men of God who can anybody, like you said, can do it because. We're, uh, we're man and man in the sense of just you know human being, but yeah, when we get a, when we get attacked, we can get off on flesh and man. 
we might have lost somebody. Yeah, I, uh, man. I, I tried to cut somebody one night, but I still, you know, <laughs> I'm still anointed. <laughs> I just at that right. very moment, I was, I was miles. Right. <laughs> but you know what? There, there, there's something that I, I said to my cousin who was in ministry school, and and I started ministry school. I didn't finish it, so um, that's another story, another topic. Um, but <laughs> I, I was talking about, you know, some of the things that my pastor was listening on, and I said, girl, I said, it's so funny. I said, you have to watch out. You need to know when when his pastor speaking or when it's, I'll just say his name was John, but that's not his name. I'll just say John. Well, when John is speaking. Right. I said, sometimes right. pastor speaking, sometimes John is speaking. Sometimes John speaks the whole hour. And oh, yeah. I don't know where past that. You know, but he <laughs> right. makes sense. You know what I'm saying? But that's why you got to try the spirit by the spirit to see if it's of God. If we do our due diligence to our own soul and we search the word, you know, and, and study to show ourselves approved and understand that that's not the meaning and the intent of the scripture. You know, right. the, the Bible and, and God has never, never came to put us in bondage the right. way religion has put people in bondage. Oh my! You know how refreshing it is to hear someone other than my circle of, um, of I guess you can say, loved ones, supporters, and um, uh, partners say that uh, <laughs> about the about the bondage and about things that are all in religion, and about how that's not the true intent of the word or God's teaching. It's not. We, we've made we've made a, a, a religion um, or laws out of women shouldn't adorn their hair or wear makeup or anything. No, no, no. You're talking in, in, in I think it's First Peter five. I think. Okay, I, I I don't I can't give you address every every day. What where it says you know women you've got to win your husband by your conduct, but not by the adorning of and doing this and doing that. So they've yeah. taken that scripture and made it a law that women can't wear makeup or women can't do this or you can't wear yeah. jewelry. That is not right. what the intent of that scripture was. It's, it was an yeah. analogy. Yeah. And people are taking things that are analogies and making them law. People are taking things that should be a lesson and making them law and saying, well, you can't go here because it said, he went here and it was evil. And it's like, huh? And they're like, no, 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 no. You, that's a very, that's a very narrow-minded view of uh, what was being taught. And, and you're right because I can tell you this. My, I've seen a lot of beautiful women. I've seen a lot of women who were on task, uh, you know. Um, but... My fiance won me over by her character and by her virtue, and she's not perfect, but it was the the standard that she held herself to, and I'm not talking a standard of perfection. I'm talking what type of heart she had. And uh, she's drop-dead gorgeous. But really, when I say that didn't matter to me, I can name ten drop-dead gorgeous girls now that I know and have favor with, but her character, you know, and she was originally at a church who who did that. We just spoke about that on the trip back from Grand Rapids. Uh, she was at a church who uh, she was naming all the, you know, the C-O-G-I-C and the, 
P-something, and she was naming all these things that I had no idea about because I was, quote, non-denominational. And she was saying how, you know, she was like, oh, yeah, the P-A-C and yeah. Oh, I didn't man. even know what Kojic Christian was for a long time. Right. Kojic Christian. Oh, man, they was going off, and they was just naming off letters like, uh, <laughs> they were naming off so many letters, I just stopped them. I said, look, I said, y'all going to have to educate me. I said, because I came from a, quote, non-denominational. I said, so I don't know what any of this is. And then she started to tell me about the differences in their beliefs. And I said, are you serious? I said, they're fussing about this. Are you serious? And he's like, oh, yeah, and, um, you know, the girls of this church, she's like, I don't want to call it a cult or a sex. She's like, but the girls of this church, they can't wear pants. They they can't wear makeup. They, you know, they can't do all of these things because, you know, they've taken these scriptures and they magnified them to a level that they are not and made them law when it they was a lesson. Control. They use yes. People need to understand that the Bible has been used for a lot of people as a, a, a system of control mechanism. And the interesting part, and I'm going to go back to slavery. Remember, we, when we as African people did not come here with, and I'll just say, you know, religion. We came with a spirituality. African Americans, we have a spirituality. We didn't have a religion. Now that we have religion, when we started to understand it and dissect the religion, we start understanding, oh, okay, okay, no, this means this, this means this, this means this. But oh, yeah. it, could, it, it could be used as control, and it is up to us as people who are who are free-thinking individuals. I had to stop going to church for a while because I was going to church out of habit. I wasn't going so I could hear the word. I was going because I, I was doing it to be a good Christian. I was doing it so, you know, God wouldn't look bad. I was doing it because of this. I was doing it. I felt like I had to be something other than what I was in order for God to be happy with me. Instead of saying, God is happy with me who I am. He wants me to go to these things on my own, not so I can show myself to be a good Christian. And to me, that's that's two different things. You're doing things to show you're a good Christian, but where's your heart? Where's your mind? What is your focus? How are you helping somebody? What are you doing to uplift and build someone else? That is what a good Christian does. You know, you'll know people yes. by their fruit. You should know them by their fruit. A lot of people. Yes. A lot of people, you know, they get caught up in in formality. And yes. the truth of the matter is, God is not really in religion; He's in relationship. Mm, and people good. don't um. Oh, uh, that people that uh. That's uh. Man, that's so strong what you just said. Sorry for any background noise, but uh, that's so strong what you just said about not being in religion but in relationship. Mm-hmm. My mom beat into our heads. She said, oh, mama can't get you to heaven. Right. She said, uh, my relationship, uh, going to church is not going to get you to heaven. Mm-hmm. She said, no matter what, she said, the pastor will fail you. The people will fail you. Said it's about your personal relationship with God, and that's all it's about. That's it, point blank. Period. Mm-hmm. And then, and then people take take um, take it as a heavy weight too. Um, um, when they um, when they take the you, you got to pray without ceasing thing, they believe that you have to lay prostrate on your face for hours and hours in order to fulfill their 
prayer quota or to be right with God, not thinking that praying without ceasing is you're, you're going to your car and you say, Lord, I thank you. You know, I have to have a car and I got gas in my car, you know, and, and giving them worship and praise on that. And, okay, God, I'm in traffic. What is it? What is it? You know, how, you know, how am I going to be affected? Because this person in front of me, I'm about to cuss them out because they are driving five miles per hour on the, getting on the freeway. You know, it's just these are opportunities that God has to, to whisper to us. But sometimes we get so frustrated in situations. And I, I use those situations because most of us that drive deal with frustration and not saying, okay, God, why are you delaying me? What are you trying to say to me at this moment, at this point? What are you trying to get to me? What are you – we don't do that. And that's why we continue to let stuff get watered down. And we, we, we hold ourselves to, to such high account because pastor pre- pray for two hours every day. That's pastor's job is to pay, pray for two hours. And that's what we pay him for. You know, your job is to stay in constant contact with the spirit and go to, go to work. You know, and, and to affect the people that you work with every day and to show them the light of the Lord. He, you know, he said, you know, that if, you, if, you, if you're the light of the world, you'll draw all men. You, 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 you'll draw all men to me just by how you are, not just by how, what you do. Because you could do one thing and totally, totally be something else. You could say one thing. I'm, there are preachers out there, and I had a girlfriend that told me this. She said, girl, there are preachers out there that say one thing, and they do something totally different. Right. That's and I'm right. like, wow. I never really realized that. Because people do in front of, in the public, what they think is right. <clears throat> and they don't do, they don't, you know, their true character or their true, what do you, what do you want to say, your ethics. Integrity, you know, our integrity has to be high, and that's how we will begin to start knowing what the lies are. If mm-hmm. we don't stop lying to ourselves, spend time with yourself, within the Lord, get quiet, stop, you know, filling all the space with stuff. Sometimes it with quiet. That's what I wrote in the chat room. I think that a lot of people, um, I mean, just everything you're saying, a lot of people they come to a, a church, they come to a ministry with the intention of, of what can they get. Mm. And they um they don't they don't really come there. A lot of people don't really come there asking, okay, Lord, if you're leading me here, what are you asking me to give? Right. And so they they come there with the expectations sometimes, these false expectations. I mean, there's there's several there are many types of people you're going to meet, but I think that um this 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 really sometimes gives me is when I see people come in and they they really um they don't have any respect for anything that that the people that they're they're asking they're pulling on have went through to to even have that gift to have that anointing on them for them to pull on it they mm-hmm. they just they walk in total disrespect mm-hmm. and um because you know not like say, don't make me start a show so we can finish the conversation <laughs> a lot of people are. Uh, <laughs> A lot of people are are really um there's I mean most people you on come in contact with are selfish. Mm. Including me, including including mm. yourself. You you know we're we're mm-hmm. selfish. And we, and when we're not being selfish to some degree we we've let ourselves down. But yeah. there's got to be a there's got to be a happy medium where you can you have to be at a sacrifice and say okay, what is it that you sent me here to do? 
And that's one thing I have to keep asking myself every day. Like, what? Okay, I met you. Sent me to Atlanta. What have you sent me here to do? Because if it's about me, I'm you know, some of the stuff I want, I definitely ain't got it. So it must be something bigger than that. (laughs) It's got to be bigger than that. And if you're you're able to give up your time, you're able to give up your you you know your resources and stuff like that, you have to understand. It's got to be something bigger than 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 just you. It's got if it's not if it's not bigger than you. If it's not you know if it's all about you, then something's wrong. I I see people you know coming and and treating pastors like genies, mm-hmm. like you know coming and rubbing them on their belly, maybe you know like Buddha or something. Maybe they get something to come out right. of. Them. Right, they worship the man of God and they don't worship God. The God right, of him. they don't they don't um, emulate it. I mean, oh my God, yeah. Yes, yes, yes. We are yes. having this conversation. This is a real yes. conversation that needs to yes. be had. And it yes, actually, yeah, you see really like. I really feel like I should start a show and we should just finish it on here. And it's just, you know, because it really, it really is time that we get to this point. Because yeah. I love my pastor. Trust and believe. I see how he lives in front of us. Trust and believe. And I do not mind serving in his house. I don't mind serving at the church. I don't mind. But I'm not doing it because of him. I, I never did it because of him. I don't have to do it. I right. want to do it because I believe that that's what God would have me to do. Because it's just like I'm doing with a pure heart, not just so I could say I was there. Right. You know, so many people want to have a position and, and get close to these people because they think that they are God. But we are all sent here, and we're just as great as the person giving the message. Right. You know, they're giving a message. If a, a person is giving a message to say a thousand people every week. At church, say so you you know you go to a mini mega, you know there's a thousand out of mini mega church. You go to that church and then you have the, the man of God, and then you have so many people trying to get up and get close to the man of God instead of trying to get up and get close to that person that's sitting right next to them, right? And realizing that that's that person that you're supposed to really impact, you know. And and we we I don't know. It's just it, it's a it's a kind of narcissistic kind of me 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 type thing. You know, and it's it's sad, and I'm so I'm getting tired of seeing it, and it's time that we speak out on it. It's time that we know how to really truly let God's light shine through us, and not that you're I'm trying to draw you to me. I'm not. You know, I may need to draw you to Miles. You know what? You guys check out Miles Miller. That's why I wanted to have you on my show, and I need to have you come back because there was I, I checked you out before I said all right. Right. <laughs> right. You know what I'm saying? And, you know, and it was just like, okay, before I had Dominico and I had knew her before I even met you. I, you know, it was just like you have to build up people, you know, and, right. and get to know people and know what they're going to be the people that, you know, come to your show. Right. Or hey, come you, to your Clark, ministry. I know Clark. I know Clark personally. I would, there's no way I would just randomly meet right. somebody like, okay, you're gonna, you can talk for an hour. <laughs> and represent me. <laughs> no. Oh yeah, and I'm the same way. I gotta, I gotta know you, what you about, and what's going on before I ever let you. <laughs> you know, unless it's just God telling me this person right here. Right. There's you some know? people that, that, that you know, because me and Clark went to school together. We went to, to the University of Michigan together. There's some mm-hmm. people that we know very well that there's no way I would let them have that opportunity. There's no way I would let them have the opportunity. 
you cannot let them have this opportunity because, I mean, I, I listen to the shows on here. I, I listen to a lot, mm-hmm. and there's a, a lot of shenanigans and a lot of, you know, this, this is a vehicle of empowerment for everybody, and it's a place for entertainment and fun and comedy right. and all that. That all has its place, you know. But when we, you know, when people use any form to control or bash or hurt other people. You know, I watch, like, the show TMZ for five minutes, maybe once or twice a month, because I can't believe how cutting and ugly that they are. Yeah, it's nasty. About, it, they're so nasty. You know, ha-ha. I mean, they laugh at all of the celebrities. Ha-ha-ha. You know, they, they, they were the first, first to post a picture of, of uh, Rihanna. I, I couldn't look at it. With her Vita face. I can't believe that. And I had that picture up for a long time, just looking at it in awe. Like, wow, you really want to see these people down, don't you? That, that's and that's disgusting. Like that people, and the thing about it, they, this is big business. They get paid thousands of dollars to take those shots. Whoever whoever leaked that picture, I, I they got paid for that. I think they said it was a hundred thousand dollars. Wow, a hundred thousand dollars to to bring the ugly of life forward, so the people can see how ugly life is. We already know life is ugly, but the more and more we put it out there, the more and more we desensitize each other, ourselves, that it doesn't become unnatural, that it becomes even just so natural. That, that ugliness has become natural. I'm just, I'm just that kind of person. That's just me. That's just who I am. Is it? Is it, is it who you are to be hurt and, and hurting people and talk down about them? Is that who you are? What? But like, uh, but like everything that um, uh, the world is supposed to manifest, uh, based on your faith, the world is supposed to manifest at a certain end point. Everything that has gone on from the beginning of time and now is getting us to that end point. Um, the desensitization of uh, us from our from our natural, um, I guess you say, sensitivity to pain, violence, just evil things is it's being it's being pumped in us. It's being pumped in us left and right. So that like you said, when we see it, we're just thinking, Oh, this is normal. This is a natural thing. Mhm. You know? I said I when I when I saw the pictures, you know, I'm not I don't watch I don't watch T V. I don't watch the news. I unplug myself. And I take in, you know, my my uh, input from different areas, but when I happened to run across those pictures, I think it was a link on Facebook. Man, you I looked, I said, oh man, I said, you know how much hate had to go through him. I said, if you've ever been in a physical fight with somebody, you know how how easy it is to lose control, but also how hard it is to inflict certain damage. Unless you just got the upper hand on people. I said, in order for him to have caused that much damage, I said, do you know what he would have to have done? I said, coming from a person who plays football, and when I play football, I got out a lot of past pent-up aggression. (laughs) And I can tell you, in order to hurt somebody, in order to cause somebody physical pain, that has to be focused. That has to be intentional. And that I said, I said Chris Brown lost his true. Uh, I said he missed his calling. 
And people are like, what you talking about? I said, if slick pain like that, that boy should have been a boxer. I said, because, I said, man, when I looked at that picture, I said, the amount, I said, I've seen boxers beating, excuse my language, beat the hell out of each other for 12 rounds and not look that bad. I said, so, I said, that boy focused some, uh, some pain, some anger. I, that was that was incredible, incredible when I saw it. And the thing about it, when I, I some somebody had shown sent me the link to it, and I I couldn't look at it. I just I I, I still haven't looked at those pictures. I don't even want to see them because I thought. Don't, of, don't, Miles, don't do it. The, don't the, do it. the first it's thing I thought scary. about, okay, what about what if that was my sister? What if that was my mother? What if that was my cousin? What if that's my daughter? Right. First and foremost, I wouldn't want nobody showing those pictures. Yeah. Secondly, you know. the flip side of it too. And, and I'm going to say the flip side of it because there is so much domestic violence. You know, I hear my neighbors fighting all the time. Hmm. And I I have, you know, I, I've i had two neighbors now in my life where I've had to go over them. I was doing a show when my neighbor was over there beating wow. my other neighbor pale. And I had, I, it was in the middle of my show. I went over to them. I mean, turn the show off, have someone else take care of over the show. But calling the police, they're fighting, throwing stuff. So I saw like they were coming through the wall. It's amazing that they didn't hear it. And it's just like we don't get involved, though, when we see that right next door to us. So a lot of people turn a blind eye to it because now my neighbors are fighting now. I'm just like, you know what, I don't even want to get involved. I don't even want to get involved. So a lot of times what happens, you know, when, when somebody's getting abused like that, a lot of times they, they, they receive the abuse as love. They 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 don't see that it, it's abuse. They see it as, as, well, somebody, if somebody doesn't hit them, they don't think that person loves them. I've had, I've been in that situation where I was in a relationship with somebody and I, my thing is like this, you want to fight, I'm, I'm out the door because <laughs> I'm, I'm too big and too black for that. <laughs> I, you know, I don't have time for that. Because if, wow. if I hit somebody, if I hit a grown man, I'm going to hurt him. So I know if I hit a woman, it, 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 that's that's nasty. Oh, man, I, I, I was in a relationship like that, and that's exactly what I did. Because like you said, I'm I'm about 6'3", 250. <laughs> and, uh, and I'm just, like I said, God has uh, blessed me physically. And if I put my, I mean, I've, I've broken somebody's arm before, ripped it right out the socket. Oh my you know, and 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 one of my and one of the jobs I had, I I had to do it. I was supposed to do it. But what I'm saying, uh, what I'm why I'm saying that is, I was put into a situation with a uh, with a girlfriend of mine, uh, uh, back in the past to where she was used to being abused. Mm-hmm. So she tried to bring our relationship to that, mm-hmm. even though that's not in me. And um, she actually agitated me, pushed me, pissed me off, and then boxed me in the corner and tried not to allow, tried to make me sit there and stay there so that I would lash out. And like I said, God dealt with me quickly, and luckily I was able to keep a wrap on my anger and everything else because I did not lay a hand, a finger, or any type of bad intent, you know. But like you said, there's some people who hands, they actually call for that. They want it. They think it's love. Yeah. 
You know, they think it's love. And I pray for healing. I definitely pray for healing, but I couldn't right. be the one who brought it to her. First time. They were saying that this is not the first time that that's happened, that they fought before, and just that just escalated to that point. And they said that this time that she actually may have hit him first. So they both are dealing with some kind of an issue, but neither one of them are talking. And they shouldn't. I, I mean, I'm just business. they didn't have to live this out in front of everybody. And I really, and I, and it's just like, you know what, I, I want to show compassion. If I, you ever hear me talk about it, I'm not going to be like, oh, you know, this, that, and the other. I, I, we all make mistakes. Why are we making these young 19- and 20-year-old people live their mistake out in front of all of America? Why are we going to ostracize Chris Brown and we don't know what happened? Why are you going to drop, you're going to drop all of his stuff again until I see her commercial. You know, her cover girl commercial, but you're going to drop Chris Brown commercials? I just, to me, it's just like, and it was so quick that they did that. They, took, they dropped this commercials like the next day. Well, not knowing the situation, not saying it's not saying that you you know you Pepsi or whoever he's their their um, spokesperson for. It's not to say that you condone um, um, you know domestic violence at all. He did this the commercial before this happened. So you know, yeah. and you you know you're doing it so you you don't have to pay him. Not only or that, it's anything now. It's, it's like with, with Michael Vick. Um, people were aware. See, the Atlanta Falcons were aware of Michael Vick fighting dogs. Don't mm. don't, don't be fooled. When you are a billionaire and you're connected and you got money connected up and tied up in, in things, you you get information other people don't get. You're, you, you're privy to information. They knew what Michael Vick was doing. He couldn't hide that. They knew what he was a part of. And for that to uh, to go on like that, it's just absolutely amazing. It's like, okay, you knew he was doing it. You knew he was fighting dogs before it all came out like this. Now all of a sudden you want to, you know, you want to throw him under the bus. Oh, he's the, the most evil person we've ever met. Right. But you knew this. You knew what you knew what he was doing. Yeah, over a dog. You knew we. You knew it. So it's like the same thing. Oh again. man, but it, it's about it's about the money. It's about the sensationalism. Because do you know they have a show called Saving Michael Vick's Dog? Yeah. And I'm sorry, you know, I, I've come, I'm from Detroit. And in Detroit, you know, back through the 80s and 90s, Miles, that pit, pit bulls and pit bull and dog fighting was huge. I had one. I had, a, <laughs> no, I, I had an uncle. I had an uncle who fought pit bulls, raised them, um, trained them. I mean, I'm talking about he put a lot of time and love into these pit bulls. And um, I I don't know because I I've never asked him because uh, this I don't want to know his business like that. Did he ever fight him? But I'm just assuming he did because I mean he had these pit bulls on uh, or treadmills. He had them on specific diets, <laughs> training <laughs> regimens. I mean uh, he showed he showed more love to these pit bulls than people do to their kids. Right. You know. But um, long story short, this thing has been going on. It's been huge before anybody ever touched it, anybody in the media ever touched it. And then they tried to make it seem like the origination of pit bull fighting was with this athlete. Oh, and no. I just had to shake my head because I'm saying, I said, boy, they're about to take this and run with it. And you got Peter coming up. 
Then you got all these different areas that make it seem like it never existed and it was never celebrated by all these different organizations and people before this instance. And they're, they're just cashing in. They just want to cash in. Everybody wants to cash in on somebody else's hurt and downfall. Same thing we've been saying for about an hour. <laughs> So, and, and, oh yeah. You got about five minutes, Miles. So. Oh, it's gonna shut down. Yeah. Oh. I never, I've never gone this long before. <laughs> well, I have, and that's why I'm I'm, I'm watching. I am a pro. Because <laughs> I actually had my first show. You know, I didn't realize that. It, I thought as long as the phone line was on, that it would keep recording, but it cuts off if you got it set for sixty minutes. It's, it's only gonna record sixty minutes. Right. And it uh the, the very first show I did, it, it cut it off. And I'm like, I mean, we were going strong, too, to, like, 6.15. Yeah. That wasn't listed at replay. Like, wow, that got cut off. Yeah. Yeah, it used to keep going, but now I think they're cutting it off. So everything's changing. But this was a good conversation. I'm glad I called in. Um, you have my number, Miles, so you have to come by and, and show love on my show on oh, March yeah. the 4th. That's March the 4th? March the 4th, it'll be my year anniversary show. Oh, so, cool. Yeah. Sure. That's Check amazing. It out. I did a, sh- yeah, I did a show um, called The Men We Love, and it was a show to pay homage to men. And you know, since a lot of times, you know, especially now with this Chris Brown situation, okay, you know, men are really sometimes they're not lifted up the way that they should, especially black men. Right. You know, and um, I did a show totally focused on that, and you can hear it, and you might hear some people try to go a different route, but I kept it on track. Okay. You know, it was only to. Talk about the men you love, because there's so many people ready to put the hand of correction up, but a lot of people aren't ready to put their arms of love out to to reach out. So that's what you know. That's what it's about. So check it out. Okay, that's I definitely will. You. <laughs> that's even you on and a... every man you know. I received you know? that. <laughs> so y'all listen to that show. It was um, it was um, not this past Wednesday, but the Wednesday past before that. So called the... men we love. Yeah, listen to that. Okay. Definitely. Well, like I said, I appreciate you all for just you know being here. This, like I said, this this is an experiment for me that you you guys are watching it play out because, like I said, I'm not a talk show host. I'm a I'm a motivator. I just this is just a medium I'm trying to use to to you know work that gift. So I appreciate you for you know being patient with me as I grow. <laughs> That's all right. Oh yes, I understand. <laughs> well, Miles, I told you I got you back. Yes, sir. <laughs> And likewise, and and that goes for, for both of you. Like you know, if you can, if there's something I can do, like I said, I'm not a magician, I'm not a uh, genie, but if it's something I can do, I'll do it. Well, you just tell if you like if you like my show, you tell somebody about it, and I'll do likewise. Okay. Well, uh, that's, and that's what you know. That's what's important because we got to get people to listen to the good messages. Right. You know what I'm saying? Right. Um, and not the ones that are so heavily laden with. Scripture and and law and but that's heavy laden with love, right? Because I mean, yes, we are all Christians, but you know, let's let's show the real love. Okay, so. yeah, that's that's real. So right. you're you're in Cincinnati, right? Columbus, Ohio. Yeah. I thought you, I thought you were in Cincinnati. Okay, yeah. Columbus. That about thirty seconds. <laughs> um, this has been Miles W. Miller creating a championship center living. Remember, don't ever give up. Don't ever quit on your dreams. God bless you and good night. Good night. Good night.